The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back for the final episode of 2022. I will get back into the show in early 2023, not exactly sure when, but I don't think it'll take me too long. A couple things I want to put in your mind before I take a break. I will be doing that class on Sunday, February 5th with Lola, all about jewelry sales. Her half will be transitioning away from externally threaded jewelry, bringing in those brands. Uh, My half will be how to sell those brands, how to sell those brands respectfully to people so that they enjoy coming back to your studio and, and don't feel ripped off. Um, So you can go ahead and get signed up for that Sunday, February 5th. You can go to my website, ryanpba.com, or you can go to the Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page. There's an event page there. You can get all the registration info. This is for professional piercers and staff members of professional body art studios only, uh, so verification will be required for that. So go ahead and get signed up. We'd love to see you there. I'm also going to be doing um, a a live seminar on uh, bevel theory, I believe will be the subject, in uh, in Dusseldorf, Germany. That'll be coming up in uh, March of 2023. So when I come back from my break, I'll be talking about that a little bit more. But you can also you know check out the the website ryanpba.com. Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook. I'll have all the info there. And you can always reach out and get in touch with me. Send me an email ryanpba@gmail.com if you want to get signed up for any of this stuff. My guest this week is Kevin Jump. And we recorded this episode a few months ago when we were at the BMXNet conference. We were teaching a scarification class. Uh, I, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of scarification. You know, I've been offering body piercing uh, for about 25 years. I, I opened my studio in 2000, and then I think it was early 2001, I started getting into scarification. It was really because of BME, honestly, you know? Like, I was a, a piercing kid, a piercing fan, uh, you know, post-goth boy kind of place in my life. And then when I found BME, I instantly felt connected to it for, for body piercing. Obviously, you know, I love body piercing, but it wasn't just that it was like that whole wide world of body modification. Uh, I know a lot of piercers, especially in that time period, the late nineties, the early two thousands, they loved to like play around with scalpels, play around with dermal punches, do all kinds of stuff. And I felt like a lot of that stuff wasn't really right for me. I never really wanted to get into heavy mods. You know, I didn't want to be like the tongue split guy or the implants guy. Uh, But I really did connect to scarification for one reason or another. Started slow, you know, did a couple of pieces on myself before I was brave enough to like try it even on on friends and, and coworkers and stuff like that, you know, so... Got into it, eased into it. Once I started sharing my work online, I kind of found the other piercers out there in the world who were kind of doing the same stuff, finding things and exploring with scarification, creating a new art form, really. Scarification existed. Obviously, it existed for indigenous cultures for for thousands of years. But when we talk about it in terms of uh, contemporary body art, you know, something that offered that was offered like in a in a business. That really kind of started throughout the, the 70s and the 80s with the kink communities. Raylan Galena is going to get a, a lot of the credit for kind of like the early body art studio form of scarification. 
then a lot of other people started to come into it and, and show their artistic expression. You know, Ron Garza is a huge name that, that jumps out to me. Uh, big influence to me early in my, in my career. I mean, still to this day, but, you know, especially back then, like seeing like what could be done with, with like a cut and what it could create and, you know, how it could scar, you know, other people that were really pushing boundaries, Lucas Apira and a lot of the other people that you would see on, on BME, you know, cranking out like new and interesting and sometimes crazy stuff. So I got into scarification. Uh, I loved it and it really became like a, a part of me and, you know, something I was kind of known for online, you know, in my area. People would uh, drive in at first and then eventually they'd start flying in to get scarification pieces. And for years of my, my life and my studio and my career, scarification was a, a big priority for me. Then like something shifted. I'm not exactly sure what it was, if it was maybe just too much access to, to information, um, people not understanding really what scarification was and misinterpreting a photo or, or something like that. But now, like, scarification just feels very, um, I don't know, hollow in, in a way. Like, there are some people that are still putting out amazing work, you know? Um, Marita in, in Norway and uh, Eugenia, who's, who's all over Europe, uh, putting out, like, really cool, impressive pieces to see. I think a lot of the people that got into scarification around when I got into it uh, have, have kind of started to, to run into that same wall where people are requesting things that are just... There's really no reason to get excited about it, and it's tough to kind of say that without seeming like I'm judging someone. You know, I, I like to think that if you've listened to enough episodes or if you know me or watch my other stuff, you know, you know that I'm, I'm a pretty open-minded person about people's motivations. I'm not really judgmental. But at the same time, like most of the requests that I get for scarification now are like, I want some sort of battle scar. I want to look like I'm injured or wounded or hurt or they're they're they send you pictures from like video games or movies where you're like i want to be this villain and what you know and it, it completely removed from the days where it was like i want this design i connect to this meaning of it and you know i want it in this private place that you know only me or, or a select few people will, will see you know and now people just want it like literally just their face cut up and gashed up and it, it's like I'm sorry, I can't recreate this imaginary scar from a video game character, you know, for that, you know, like I don't have a magical blade of fucking Narnia that's going to give you this like supervillain scar. You know, that's, that's not what I do. I'm offering like a clean and professional service and there's only so much that can be done with that. Like I'm not going to break a beer bottle and just, you know, go at somebody's face. Um... So, but like that's like the majority of the the requests I get now. Um, I would say, at best, maybe one out of twenty inquiries that I get is something where it's like here's like an artistic thing that would be like fun and, and safe and healthy and um, you know celebrates what scarification can be. I would say the majority of it is just like I want to look evil. I want to look you know, and it's like whatever you want to look evil. I don't fucking care. Look evil, you know. Like I don't I don't care. But like. I'm not the person that that's going to do the face stuff like because just the way that I work doesn't come out good. It you know, I I do a very superficial kind of a thing which can scar beautifully on all other parts of the body. But on the face it just doesn't scar, you know? So I run into this thing where it's like people email me and they're like I want my face fucked up and it's like yeah, I don't do that, bro. 
And they're like, okay, well, you know, now it's your responsibility to find me a person that will agree to do it. And it's like, no, like, do your own homework. But the bummer is that, like, all of the people that I was referring people to, you know, New York or whatever, like, they just don't want to do it anymore either. They're getting the same, like, hollow requests over and over and over again. I've talked to people in Canada, across the U.S., across, like, Europe, and they're still feeling that same kind of, like, lack of inspiration. I think if people have a very artistic design, their, their first instinct might be get a tattoo. You know, with scarification, a lot can be done. There are amazing artists and practitioners out there in the world, and a lot of them really aren't getting inquiries that match up with their interests. Uh, and I don't know how to better explain it than that, you know? Like, I don't usually consider myself as an artist, but like, yeah, I just don't connect to what people are asking for, and it's just not what I want to be offering anymore. So it's kind of a bummer. I think I'd like to record more episodes with more scarification practitioners going forward and, and talk about either what keeps them motivated or what keeps them from being motivated when, when it comes to scarification. I've had like short little conversations with people, you know, I know I talked to, to Misty about it a little bit and I would really like to record with, with her and with FX and with Ron Garza. I, I got to get Ron Garza on the show for like a number of reasons, but... Um, you know, I want to talk about it because like scarification was this thing that was like beautifully explored, pushed forward all kinds of boundaries and like brilliant innovations, you know, what, what Wade was doing and like, you know, what Sean did with Scar Wars, what, what, you know, Decker was doing and John Joyce and like all these other people were, were putting out amazing work. We're putting out amazing work, you know, they're, they're still capable of it, but I just don't think... I don't think any of us are really getting the requests that we want to be getting. And I don't know how to change that. I don't know how to, you know, whatever. Um, but that's kind of what I talk about with Kevin. And before I, I just kind of go on uh, infinitely about gripes, let's just get into it with Kevin Jump. And I'll be back a little bit more at the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for listening and have a happy new year. Okay. So um, we are in... The Unperfect House <laughs> in, uh, in Essen, Germany, and uh, we, we got to t talk to some people about scarification last night, and I wanted to, um, to talk quite a bit about that first, but go ahead and introduce yourself, any sort of social media, studio, any information you'd want people to have. Okay. Uh, Ken Jump uh, from Wholehearted Piercing in Phoenix, at Wholehearted Piercing, and uh, my personal account on social media, which is usually where I post scar work, is maker at Maker of the Whole. Okay. Um, you came on and you did an episode previously. Um, you invited me to come out to your, your studio for a class, which I really appreciated. I had a fantastic time, but I think the thing that really sticks out most for me for that trip was we recorded a podcast um, that uh, you chose for the title "Keep Piercing Sacred," and that was a fantastic episode. I, I, I still to this day get a lot of really positive feedback about it. Your energy, and you mentioned too before that people—it's been so crazy yeah. uh, how many people reach out to me, or yeah. Um, yeah, even at this event in Essen, Germany, people from all over Europe, like younger piercers and stuff, uh, coming up and and telling them how much it meant to them and how much they like connected and, mm. and, and felt that way. So yeah, it's, it's been really uh, pretty humbling, pretty amazing. Well, it's a, it's a nice, it's, I really like to share other perspectives than, than just my own. I don't want it to be an echo chamber. Like I am an egomaniac, but I also still want other people to be able to share why they love body piercing and what it means to them. Um, and I thought that since we were here, a, a perfect follow-up episode would be 
keep scarification sacred uh-huh. in, in, a, in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I, I wanted to talk to you because if, if people know you as a body piercer, um, they might be missing like a really big part of, of what you are capable of. And, and you're an amazing scarification artist. Thank you. Um, practitioner also, but like, you know, you really do have that artist's eye, that artist mentality. You have a vision when you work, I think. And I wanted to talk a little bit about your thought process, um, but I have a lot of thoughts in my mind. I don't want to okay. bombard you with everything at once. Okay. So the, the, the main thing that I would like to start with is when you have a, an interaction, when you have an inquiry from a client, you don't say yes to everything, as yeah. I, I think people you know, should be comfortable saying no, yes, whatever. So um, how, do you, how do you like to begin a project? Like how do you start the interaction with a client? And how do you select what, what speaks to you as a project? Well, a lot of the, the time people are coming to me, um, even like booking a consultation and actually coming in uh, in person. Um, and sometimes they'll have a, an idea or a concept. I've been really lucky, lucky lately, um, more recent, where people are coming to me and just want my style the and are leaving it complete. Piece. Yeah, and leaving it completely up to me. Um, even when people will email if they're traveling, you know, uh, in that first, you know, conversation and dialogue. Uh, I usually will let them know that I normally just kind of draw on people and, and something comes out of that. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of the consultation process. Like even for my consultations in person, they're like an hour. And normally, you know, someone might have a location that they're, they have in mind and we'll stand and I'll have them stand facing the mirror. I have a big mirror and I'll just sketch on them, on the body. Um, and a lot of times it just starts as like a shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, kind of what, with this class, was hoping to convey um, to where anyone can do it. You know, because sometimes it seems, I don't do freehand or uh, I would never feel comfortable doing that. But um, after you do it and find a way to approach it, and sometimes seeing it done, then seeing is believing. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you build that confidence and can believe in yourself to do that. So that's normally the way I work. Um, I do get a lot of requests uh, for, you know, things that aren't really in my, in my box um, as far as like the like battle scars and stuff like that. And uh, with that, I usually just say that's not um, what I do. Um, Hearing you even just such a simple statement that that's not what I do. That's not hearing that the first time I heard you say that out loud, I was just like, I, oh my God, that completely changes my perspective because I've been, I've been doing scarification for almost as long as I've been piercing about 20 ish years for scarification. And um, at first it was like, more, give me more. I want to do everything that comes, you know, like, like body piercing. I want all the challenges because and I, then you learn from it and you right. grow from it. Yeah. Scarification started with that. And I had so many fantastic experiences. I learned, I developed as a scarification. I consider myself more of a practitioner or a technician than an artist because I don't have the, the vision and the drawing ability that someone like you has. But I always love to push myself in those challenges, but I feel like scarification over the last I don't know, maybe five years especially, has completely changed into, I don't know what it is. If it's people's motivations, is it that they're seeing scarification online and they're trying to copy something? They're well, trying to that, take a shortcut with something? And that's the thing, you know, like even um, 
it was such a big thing you asking me to attend this and to, to co-instruct and it was very intimidating for me. But also I thought that it was something that was so crucial to um, where scarification is or where it's going, you know, I think that is the thing when people see something that's been, it's just this repetition and they think that that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And they think like that's what is possible. Like a scar should be fucked up and intimidating. Yeah, or yeah. like, yeah. And you know, cause I'll get requests for like, I want to look like something bit me or I want to look like I've been, you know, cut with a sword. And there are those people that have like, and have to live with like trauma scars, but I want to do something beautiful. I want to create, uh, a mark of distinction for the person. And I think that is something that we could all benefit from, you know? Even being here, you know, I mean, there's so many, even in the the class last night, you know, there's like Bruno, there's all these people that were inspirations for me and Ron and uh, Marita, uh, Christiana being here. There's all these people that inspired me and made me from their work want to do this and explore it more. Um, and, you know, even with talking with Christiana, a lot of times, like, people will um, kind of, like, step away from it just because of what they get and request and um, they maybe their down. heart isn't into it. Yeah. And um, I think we had, you know, had mentioned that on, like, I totally see now the more exposure that I get, the more people that are approaching me for work, it is more the standard sort of stuff where I'm like, have you seen what I do? Like, that's not really what I do. Trying to say that in a nice way um, and not being uh, where it seems like ego, like that's below what, where I'm at. I, I've had that discussion even with friends where they're like, well, but you know, but it's like tattooing. Like sometimes tattooers have to do work that they're not necessarily in, but that's what you do. It's a service. But I, you know, I opened my own studio when you came and we did the podcast before. It was shortly after I opened in October. I think we did the podcast and you taught the class in February and then COVID yeah. happened. Um, with opening that, even, you know, it's still going on three years in October and I'm still just a one person operation. Um, and I stay fully booked at this point. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. It's been busy. But for scars, for me, I'm normally doing scar appointments on like my closed days on Sunday or Monday. And it's more of a passion product, a project. And, and I think that if it's something that I'm going to give up my time, then it, it has to be something that I'm willing uh, and, and feeling good about. Um, I've never really done that sort of stuff where people bring an image. I did recently while I was having that in that period where I was having that conversation with friends about, you know, even tattoo artists doing what the person wants, what the client wants. And uh, I had a client that wanted something that was not really what I do. And, um, and I did it, you know, I did it for the person. They brought something and uh, I did it and did it to the best of my ability. And I think it turned out really nice. And even, you know, friends were like, oh, you're not gonna post that? And I'm like, no, cause it's not what I do. And also with that, most of the time I'm having fun, I'm being creative, um, and that kind of felt like work. And I know that sounds awful to say out loud, but I really want to create something real in the moment and, uh, and create something with the person for the person. And that's what moves me. It's not really like a monetary sort of uh, venture. For me yeah yeah it's not a I, money motivator yeah yeah, yeah. i want to i want to create and try to change the way that people look at it 
And uh, that's what I was hoping even and why I agreed to come out here is because uh, I thought, well, maybe people can see it being done and then maybe they'll start to approach it in their own way. Because I would love to see everybody have their own style. I mean, a lot of times you can tell from like the past. I mean, even when Wade was doing stuff, Iran, there's so many. I mean, Brian, uh, Decker, John Joyce. I mean, there's so many of you guys that are so great. And you can tell the work sometimes, like just how clean it is. Um, but I would love to see more people like where you almost see like the style, like just by the piece that they're doing and be able to acknowledge it. Almost like how people can do with tattooers. I know that's like a, a random uh, sort of comparison, but I think it kind of makes sense. Or like a painter, you know? Um, I think a lot of the, it was exciting to come to Europe, um, just because a lot of the people that inspire me that are doing work, and most of them I've never met, a lot of them are in like Europe, like uh, Primitive Mallory. Um, Eugenia. Yeah, Eugenia. Um, I really love uh, Yeston's work, and a lot of times that's the same thing you can tell. Uh, Jalifa and uh, Brazil. Um, and sometimes it's not in my box either. You know, I remember having discussions uh, with some artists when Jan was doing a lot of work. I mean, even here, like uh, Breno, um, who does like the ink rubbings, that's totally out. But I love the way that that stuff looks, and he's so talented. Um, but it's also that where you see it and you know it's him. Um, so I would love to see people be inspired to do that instead of doing, you know, just small pieces, kind of the same thing. I feel I'd like, like to I, see it expand, you know? Same. Kind of like what I feel like uh, even what Sean Porter was trying to do with Scar Wars. It's trying to bring these minds together and inspire the next generation or uh, pushing each other. Uh, and that was the most interesting thing of doing it, uh, the the workshop last night, oh, I was so out of my comfort zone. And that's, you know, it was beating myself up even last night going to the hotel. I'm just on my comfort level because I'm usually in a controlled environment. So that was so different in the presence of watchful eyes. And then so many great people that I respect. So it's kind of intimidating. Um, and having that imp imposter syndrome where I'm like, am I worthy? Can I do this? Um, you know, because uh, people will come up to you and compliment you on your work and what you're doing. And uh, and then you're about to do it in front of them and uh, and having that. So I think, but like I was saying uh, just a little bit ago uh, when we were talking, I think that it is inspiring uh, seeing how you're doing the removal and your approach and uh, and that's something I've never really done. It's outside of my box. Uh, I like what I'm doing and creating stuff with line weight and playing with that with calligraphying and movement. Um, but I think there's design elements that I could imp uh, implement that could make my work better. And so I think that's like, it's so funny because I feel like, you know, I'm here to teach a workshop and I feel like I learned more uh, about myself and about my work last night than probably anyone in the class. Um, so it was, it was pretty moving, uh, actually. So yeah, I'm really uh, thankful to be here. Well, yeah. so when you, when you talk about people having a style, you know, and I, I think that it carries a voice with them, you know, what they, what they put out and what they choose to, to, to do, I feel like I've, I've moved so far away from that that I feel like, not to get too corny, but like I feel like the soul of my work has, has just vanished into the internet because um, 
there are very few people offering it and especially offering it publicly, you know, and, and the more visibility you get, the more inquiries kind of get funneled to you because then people will be like, oh, I know that Kevin guy's doing it or I know that Ryan guy, so maybe send them a message. And, and then, people sending stuff to me where it's not. And then you get those messages from all over yeah. the country from people that are just desperate to find someone for their vision, but it's not maybe the right someone for them. And I've, I've, I've said yes to so many projects just because I love scarification and it's part of who I am and, and what I do, but I've said yes to the, the pieces that I'm probably not the person who should be doing it. Like technically, safety-wise, no problem. Like the person's not in any sort of jeopardy. The piece is clean, the piece heals, the piece scars, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't feel connected to it. The yeah. person might not feel connected to me as a practitioner, which is kind of a, a, a crime in a way. And when you say like, like people used to be able to, to look at stuff and be like, oh, Ryan definitely did that yeah. removal or Jesse V yeah. or Misty or yeah. a lot of people that have even stepped away from scarification now. And I think that it might've been that same thing where the soul was kind of pulled out of it a little bit and it wasn't a passion thing. It was, it was a business service. And yeah. that's where I am right now, and it's killing me. And that's that's what I was trying to articulate earlier. Uh, even talking with uh, some folks here that were longstanding inspirations for me that really aren't even doing it anymore because they said yes too much. Yeah. And it took the joy out of it. And so that's the thing because, you know, it's the same thing with piercing, uh, you know, to this is piercing was a podcast, but, um, you know, where if a client comes in and they're maybe not suited for something and you you tell them why, but they're like, but I'm going to pay you. Mm. Like, I want you to do it. And it's that same thing where sometimes it can be received as ego or like, oh yeah, I'm beyond that. That's not what I do. But it's also like taking care of yourself. Um, and that's what I was saying. Even, you know, one of the reasons I've, I think Epiphany and on the walk home uh, to the uh, hotel last night in the rain uh, about not even doing a lot of removal. And it's because that's what everybody's doing. It's the same thing and it's this flat sort of thing that lacks soul. And that's kind of like where I see it, where it's just flat, like yeah. all the way around. And, and maybe it is that thing where if there's the magic is taken out of it, then that translates into the piece, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, you know, even uh, teaching the workshop Normally, I just draw on people in front, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to perform and, and do that in front of an audience. Um, so even, you know, I met with uh, Charlie like the night before and had that, and it was really crucial for us to have that connection. Mm. You know, it was her suggestion to do the little asymmetrical thing, and and I, I really feel it was like trust building, like where we both, I needed it as much as she did, and I think that if we would have done that in front of public, I think some things are almost, it has to be, you know, for that connection, I think it's harder to, to accomplish that uh, on that scale. And it was so static, you know, where I'm normal to, normally working in a, a, you know, a controlled environment with maybe one or two people. You know, I, I'm not a spiritual person, Yeah, but I can't deny that I feel some sort of magic in the air, you know? And I remember when I would talk to Alicia, uh, mm -hmm. there would be moments where she'd be like, this is medicine, you know? Yeah. And like, and it's like, I would always be like, fuck you, that's so corny and whatever. But it's like, that's what's missing for me. Like the medicine is gone for me, you know? And I, I, need, to I need to find a way to, to reconnect to it. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I would love to do, put together some sort of scar, a meeting of the scar artist 
to come together, maybe not based on like monetary gain, but same thing like this, you know, we're just working together. Uh, that was pivotal, you know. I think like last night, the only th time that I've ever done a collaboration piece was with Ron at Infinite like years ago. And it was like in my infancy of, of actually, you know, doing SCAR stuff, uh, it was really, uh, after that I, I grew uh, considerably. And I think even like the same is gonna be said for this. I mean, I think like uh, leaving last night, it was, you know, inspired, but also overwhelmed, you know? with just emotion. So I, I've done some form of scarification class. That, that's how I got my first shot as a professional instructor. I got invited to, to BMX in 2008, I think, maybe 2009, but I think it was 2008 for scarification. And um, I've just been fortunate enough to be asked back essentially since then. I've missed a year or two, but I teach a very specific style, a very specific mentality, a very specific technique. And I've, I've had some collaboration with artists, you know, I've had, I've done stuff with Ron here and I've done stuff with other people. Um, but the last few years I've just been kind of by myself and people have been getting the same info and the same perspective and all that stuff. And um, like, I, I don't give people compliments just for, the, for their ego. I, I try to speak truthfully and like your scarification work really like speaks to me because like, I know what you've done. If I see a, hundred pictures of scarification I can probably pick yours out because I can see the artistry I can see the way you work with lines on the body and it's just it's it's beautiful stuff thank you so I felt like I really needed to get you here because I think this is where it's happening there is yeah. no other scarification instruction in this kind of setting anywhere in the world and I, I felt like you needed to be here to to talk to that next generation because maybe some of the people here might have learned some things from me and maybe you can see that in in the way that they perform their work but there's so much that I'm leaving out of the conversation because it's just not, it's not in me. Yeah. So it's important to have a, another voice here, you know? Um, and I, I think that people seeing you just working on the body, doing composition, uh, composition, working with the lines of the body, but also connecting to the person while you're doing it yeah. is really crucial to the, I think the future of scarification. So I was so glad to have you here and have the opportunity to, to work collaboratively with you, you know, and yeah. make something that's one of a kind can only be that one thing in that one setting in that one moment, you know, and that, yeah. that will, that will live on, you know, yeah. and, um, I was, I was really happy to be a part of that. Uh, I was uh, really honored that you asked me. And like I said, really intimidated as well. I think, yeah, I would love to even like, like I said, like even bring people where it's almost like you need that for like re-inspiration, you know, like how sometimes you'll go to a conference and you take a class and someone like says something that moves you and then it re-inspires you to approach it in a different way. Mm -hmm. or, and maybe that's what it needs. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I would love to see people exploring that more and going out of their bounds, um, out of their like kind of comfort zone, I think, which is the thing, which is what I'm saying. But then even coming here, it was so out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, yeah, anytime like it, growth is never uh, comfortable, right? So sometimes you have to like shake it up mm -hmm. um, to move forward from that. So I, I'm excited to see where that where it takes me from here. Yeah. Um, well, me too, because it, it's really changed my mentality because for me, it's, it's been a business. It's slowly turned into a business. Like if, if your business is somewhat newer, mine's been around for, for more than two decades. So now I, I have that kind of cold mentality of like this much work should equal this much income. 
which is completely the, I mean, for, for piercing, whatever, it is what it is. Piercing is more of a fashion than a lifestyle it, for, for a lot of people at this point. Scarification, yeah. like, I'm, my, yeah, sure, money's nice, but like, that's not why I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. Like, that's not why Scar Wars happened. That's not why BME existed. It exactly. wasn't for money. Yeah. It was because people needed it, you know? Yeah. And like, where, where is that now? You know, yeah. and, and I, it's, I think it's a little bit lost. Yeah, and that's one of the things like I was trying, I was thinking about trying to do like a book or something and interviewing some of the artists that are inspiring me now and kind of put it together, compiling something because, you know, nobody's really done something like that now with that field. And it's been quite some time. I mean, since Scar Wars and all of that. Um, yeah, so I don't know the, the best way to you know inform that yeah it, it's it's tough because i've been asked before like oh would you teach classes and it's just like well no like you know yeah like we can do a seminar where we can share a, a very narrow slit in into the the view but well that was the thing like even the workshop last night you know starting with the first half being about the composition and then getting into the live cutting in the second half but everybody wants the money shot right away. Like, it, I how do was, you do removal? Yeah, 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 like that was like so interesting to see because yeah, it's that thing when you're learning something or you want to learn something, but you're almost asking the wrong questions. You know, you're too eager to get to the like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, even when you started doing the removal, then everybody was like, photos. You know, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, and something that I didn't even realize existed or, you know, um, until last night. Like, I was kind of overwhelmed. With, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. But you knew from teaching it. I don't think there's a way that you can teach it like that. No. I, I think that your workshops, like, it's great if people maybe to spark that have that curiosity or to spark it to where they want to pursue it. Because even several people come up to me like, how do I start? And I'm like, really, you need to find somebody and work with them. You know what you know? I also, for me, like, I don't even know if you can see. I'm like going to pull my pants down yeah. for a second. <laughs> so, Woo! like, this was the first scarification I ever did on, yeah. on anyone, you know. And then I did, like, other pieces on myself just trying to figure it out. This yeah. was the first removal I ever did. Oh, my God. Is all of yeah. this removal? All that negative space, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And I just, you know, I did it like that. And it was just like... Because that was, I don't know, 2001 or something like that. And it was like, I did not have the, the hubris to, to cut into another person. I was, yeah. I was still very intimidated. And now when people are like, well, how do I learn? And it's just like, well, shit. Like, nobody learns the way that people were learning in the 90s now. People want to go to a, a, a quick and easy fix or something. Or maybe they, at the best side, maybe they want to try to get an apprenticeship. But it's like, have you ever met anyone in the world who offers a scarification apprenticeship, apprenticeship. with like no. a full months or years long kind of thing? And it's like, no, that just doesn't exist. Well, and I think it's interesting for me, you know, same thing with piercing or anything like, you know, I was taught gauntlet style and then um, moved onward to... Uh, to work under Andy, who had done Fakir, um, and that two different schools of thought in piercing. But it's interesting because a lot of the people that are approaching are like younger piercers, mm -hmm. and it's almost like they're still learning to pierce. Like I, I didn't even really approach that stuff until I had like years under my belt. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that thing where people get excited about stuff and then they're like a piercer, but then they want to be a mod artist, they want to do scarification, it's like, a jack of all trades, master of none, rather than focusing. Like, I feel almost like it's it's better to like hone your skills and be proficient in one discipline mm -hmm. before and you start like out. doing it. Because then, you, like, how much 
with anything, you have to devote so much time and energy. That's like when you see someone that's at that level, the reason they're at that level is because they keep working and uh, never stop learning and never really get to a point where they think they know it all. Um, so for me, I mean, maybe it's just the way that I approach stuff, but I think it's like, okay, focus and not get ahead of yourself, you know, like kind of like master one discipline and then start to, you know, if you want to spread your, your wings a little bit and mm-hmm. dip into different little pockets. I don't know. Or, or maybe that's a closed off way of looking at it. But I, I can see both sides of the coin yeah. because there's, there's a certain level of, of, privilege in a way, you know, but like, yeah. I, I do understand what, what you're saying. You know, when I started doing scarification. I'm not trying to be like a gatekeeper. No, you're anything. not. Just you're you're yeah. not. You know, yeah. it's like it kind of proves it because like we're just in front of a, a room full of people last night. Yeah. You're like, here, ask and, a question, yeah, you yeah. know. But um, when, I, when I started, it was like a little bit of work on myself and then a little bit of work on close friends, friends you know, yeah. and then it was like, I think building two, trust. two years before I ever tried to remove skin. And yeah. even then it was like on a very close friend that I knew for years. And then it grew out from there and grew out from there. Uh, now with, with body piercing, um, people can, can have some sort of quick fix type things. You know, the APP conference, Fakir, seminars. There's that, so you know, many classes. Where yeah. you can learn a lot in a very small amount of time and you can start to apply it rather quickly. But scarification, like you have to... You have to know the body and know the skin. And sometimes it can take a long time to be able to feel. Like last night we were talking and saying things about like, well, I, I can't tell you the depth in, in measurement because yeah. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling it's the like resistance you just know. of the skin on and the And how blade. in the beginning, well, it's kind of like when you start piercing and, and someone teaches you a technique and you're going through it, but maybe you don't fully comprehend it. You're just doing Copying what they showed the you. Yeah. And then after a while, like it clicks and you're like, oh, and you might change that variance, like the way that you approach it a little bit once you spoken observation differs from realization. And that thing of, yeah, with the depth, it is something that's more on feel. And everybody in every area can be completely different mm-hmm. on how much pressure and, and, you know, sure where you're like, well, that's the depth. That's where I'm going. Yeah. 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 And you can't put it really into words. Yeah. And that's the thing. It could never be like a video. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's too much of a risk of people getting hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also like how bad can a body piercing really go wrong? Like I, yeah. I know that, yes, yeah. like there can always be the worst case scenario, but like we've all seen horrible body piercings and it's like, yeah. You're going to get a scar and, you know, there's probably not going to be a lot else that goes wrong. We, or, we all know worse Or even examples, an infection to where somebody can go. Yeah. To, yeah. But if you're cutting into a person's body with a scalpel. It's a hole. Just, we're, we're, we're talking a quarter of a millimeter difference between safe and call Whoa. an ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so it's tough. Um, but I... I used to have pieces um, where it would be like, okay, maybe people people would ask me sometimes. They'd be like, oh yeah, you're doing a lot of scarification. I'd be like, no, I'm doing maybe ten pieces in a year, you know. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, you know, shit. And then out of those ten, maybe like two or three of them were like, you know, well, I can do it, you know, and I'll get some money off of it and keep myself in practice. And then the yeah. other ones were like, you know, oh, I pushed it to the limit. I really did this amazing thing that I'm so proud of. This person flew across the country and it's like, I know it was worth it for them, you know? Yeah. And then it was like a little bit more, yeah, I could do that. And then it was like, oh, that's not really my thing, but like uh, money. And then, it, and then now it's just like almost every single interaction is just like, you know what? 
you've, you've seen my website to be able to contact me. You've seen what I can do. Yeah. Why are you asking me for this other thing that I've never posted a picture of, you know? Faces, I, I, I would say it like right now, like please just don't ask me to, to cut your face. And it's not a judgment thing. Yeah. It's because the way that I cut does not yield good results on a face. And yeah. if like, if you try to push me or if you're like, oh, there's nobody to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, that should tell you that you shouldn't get it done until you find the right person. Yeah. And it shouldn't have to be my responsibility to give you a referral to find that person out there in the world. Like, yeah. you need to go on your own journey with it, but realize that like, I'm gonna have to start saying no a lot more than I say yes if I wanna be able to continue doing scarification because like I just feel very, I feel very drained by the requests I get now. And that's a very similar, uh, like what you just said verbatim is very like what I keep hearing from a lot of those people that inspired me that are now like disappearing out of it. Yeah. You know, because, and I think it's just, just being able to say no to it. Yeah. I think that would be an interesting conversation with like John Joyce. Mm -hmm. He does so much work. Like, you know, it's like, I feel like every Sunday he's doing scar stuff, you know? And I was like, man, he's like really pumping it out still. And, it seems like, you know, as every piercing studio that's busy, that's been established for a long time, I think they're shorthanded. And I was like, man, he is never not working. Mm -hmm. That same thing, I wonder um, if uh, it's a similar thing. Yeah, I think it would be cool to have like a small gathering of the minds and just like work together and maybe find the fun in it again, you know? The thing that, the, the, the tough road, okay, so when Sean did Scar Wars, you yeah. know? meeting of the minds kind of thing, you know, but also like a couple of friends, a couple of fans, people to, to work on, people to share experiences with. And it was just like, it was just chilled out, you know, it was just relaxed. I, I, such a temptation today would be like, you know, how many people can I fit in a venue and how many this and how many that? And it's like, no, please, it needs to be please, intimate. please. Yeah, intimate, yeah. you know, Ron did ScarCon in London and that was kind of a, a very similar Scar Wars vibe and like, the, the problem is, um, you know, if you publicize it, if you say there's going to be this event, you're going to have so many people that are like, I want to go, I want to learn, I don't care how much it costs, I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay. Yeah. And how tempting might that be for it an It would organizer. have to be invite only and yeah. not like an elitist sort of thing. Either that or like even each of us like going and working with each other in different, like like me coming to your studio mm -hmm. or like going to visit John and like work, you know, something mm -hmm. like that yeah. would probably work out better. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than having an event. Yeah. Because Unless, if, if you get an, enough people that drop out and drop away, how much lost knowledge is there? Because it's yeah. not like, it's not like Misty's had the time to write a book yet. It's not yeah. like Decker's writing a book. It's not like, you know, it, it, these people that ha are starting to kind of step away from certain kinds of work. Yeah. They're not leaving a lot behind for the next person to pick up and carry, not in a negative way. Yeah. But they're just, they're ready to move on with other things in their life that's more fulfilling. Yeah. Not everybody has done the same level of documentation. A lot of what I've done is just like lost to memory. Yeah. You know, it's maybe it was on IM somewhere or on BME, but there's no one carrying that mantle anymore. Yeah. So it's 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 tough. Like what what is the next generation of scarification going to be? Is it going to be the Pinterest style, TikTok style? Like what what is it going to what what does it do for people? Well, you know, it's such an interesting thing as well like uh, cuz I'm getting ready to go to Italy for that event in Pescara and when they interviewed me like one of the questions, you know, there were a lot of really good questions, but one of the questions was how I thought uh, 
you can you can make scarification more sellable. Mm -hmm. And my reply was, why would you ever want it more sellable? Like, I never want this to be tattooing. It will never be that. Uh, I don't think, you know, and I think uh, it's cool when people feel moved to have it and they really like have to seek it out, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would never want it to be on that level for me. I need to find a way to... I, so I, I've gone through so many um, phases of trying to manage my scarification inquiries. Yeah. Before the pandemic, it was just like the order that I receive emails is the order that I have conversations. And then yeah. depending on the length of the conversation, whoever gets to the finish line of like, I have this date available, would you like to put down a deposit? Yeah. Then that was the, the order of my appointments. And then that got so overwhelming and trying to just manage 40 conversations that are going back and forth with 20 replies. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll try to use a, an online Google form and a spreadsheet. And that was chaos because like, I would check the, the thing once a week and then like within a month, it was like 50 inquiries. And it's like, yeah. there's zero chance that I'm even gonna be able to get to number five, let alone number 50 yeah. with this system. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And there are so many people who probably would have been beautiful projects to work on that were just lost to time, you know, or they got yeah. frustrated and went on to someone else better, worse, or same, you know? Um, and, and now it's, I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed by it. And almost every conversation is like, the first, the first inquiry is like, hey, I wanna get scarification with no other information. Yeah. So it's like, what body location? Do you have a design? What's the scale of it? Yeah. And then it's like, are there other you know, uh, factors? You know, people wanting to cover self-harm scars. And it's like, that is such a complicated request. And yeah. I've almost, I almost feel like it, it was, it's been a mistake for me to post previous work because like that one worked, but I've had 50 other similar inquiries where that I had to turn it down because it just couldn't work, you know? And, well, and that's what I was saying. Sometimes you want, like if something is successful and even if it looks great and you want to share it, like talking about that one, it, even referring to the one piece that I had done, but then you're going to get more requests for that. Yeah. So it's like, it's nice to have in your own portfolio, but yeah, like once you put it out there, it can change everything. And yeah. people don't realize that it varies so much on what is possible. I used you know? to, I used to love just like a piece. My favorite thing was when somebody would send me an inquiry and I'd look at it and be like, oh, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But then and it's just like, but I know I'm going to do it. Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, been the fun thing with like how I'm working, um, just because it I, it can be a different thing every time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. Now it's it's these tiny little things, and then it's like oh, and I and I want to add this, and I want to add this. It, the same kind of problem that maybe a lot of modern tattooers are having. Yeah. Where it's just like that's like five ideas. Like I would like one idea or, yeah. or something. But it's the casserole thing. Yeah, yeah. I want this, and where it's like completely. Comp uh, opposing ideas and concepts to where, yeah. And how many times my response is, you're asking me for a tattoo. You yeah. should be seeking out someone to offer you maybe a specific style of tattooing, but what you're trying to get is a tattoo, not a scarification. Well, and I, I have that conversation all the time. I've had that conversation many times with, because uh, you can make an appointment online and just come. And I've had people come where, um, well, I want this, and I like when they scar this way, but I don't want it to be this. And I, like immediately I'll just be like, this isn't for you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, I always tell people the biggest thing with scarification is letting go. Um, with my approach, you know, sometimes you have a little bit more, I feel like more control of the outcome when you're doing removal and stuff. But I always tell people like, 
I can do it to the best of my ability, take the Langer's lines into account, all that, but ultimately it's gonna become what it becomes. And I think there's a beauty in that, that people as well have to be uh, present in the healing, you know? Um, because, you know, through that it can change so much if, if they're not being attentive or one area itches more and they irritate that more, a strap's running, rubbing on it, um, or like bra straps, that compression, and how it can uh, affect to where it's gonna heal uneven. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty in it is where really you are creating it together. You know, I might like do that in the concept of like sketching on and, and taking their insight to what they want to wear, but then also how they heal it is all on them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll do the work and the depth, but that after they leave, it's totally, they yeah. have to be uh, invested. And, and the, I think the, there's a beauty in that. It's the not people just that like say like, done. well, I, it needs to be this and that. And it's like, well, that's not, I can't guarantee anything. Yeah. So it's like, you have to be able to understand. And that's one of the first conversations. Like, right. this is not like that with tattooing. Yeah, like, it's not a rubber I'm gonna come back and get a touch up. Right, yeah. yeah. And I say, it's a, it's a one-shot deal. When I'm walking through the, the aftercare, and I mean, I have them read a, a, a written aftercare before, so they know exactly what they'll have to do, what they'll have to avoid, et cetera, et cetera. But then like after the piece is wrapped and photos and whatever, I give them a really long aftercare talk and I, I try to like hammer it home to be like, you have one shot at healing this perfectly and that's it. There are no touch-ups, there are no cover-ups. It's like, it's, it's now or never for you, you know? And you have to be just as careful taking care of it as I was performing it and like we're, we're working together with your body. Yeah, and it's not like it's sealed, uh, like uh, healed in a week like a tattoo, it's like, could be like six months, a yeah. year, to, to where to it's mature. fully mature, yeah. you know? I yeah. mean, you know, it's sealed where you don't have to worry about infection or anything, but as, you know, we both know, as long as it's pink, purplish, it can still grow. Um, so it can still change. I, I, I know there's like something on like YouTube, I saw some woman that had like a big chest scarification. I saw like a couple of her videos had popped up and I watched it where um, she had gotten like this huge scarification thing and then hated the way it scarred because it scarred pronounced and stuff and was like getting it altered. And yeah, I mean, that's that thing is, uh, do you know, have you seen that? Mm, no. Yeah, and it kind of grew. Hopefully, and... it's not a piece I did, is it? <laughs> no, I don't even remember like who the woman is. Yeah. It's something that popped up and I watched it and then she was like so, like she got this big scarification piece on her chest and was so excited about it, you know, somebody who posts a lot, like an influencer or something like that, and then was so unhappy with the result and was like, I think going and getting like scar reduction and stuff like that. But people also, you know, that's so much part of it is like being able to voice that to people where it can go so many different ways. Yeah. There's so many variables that can affect And that's the way another it one of those things, not knowing who did it, not making any judgments yeah. about it, because I've, I've done pieces that have scarred so much more intensely than I would have hoped or Dude. planned for. Yeah. Same thing with the clients. Like, you know, I, I might have even told them, like, oh, this is very delicate. You know, I, I can't guarantee, but I would guess that it would heal similar to this other similar piece that I did. Yeah. And then they get something wildly different, and it's like, oh man, like, it's yeah. just, it is how it is, you know? Well, it's the same thing, like even in that interview, they were, uh, uh, Paulo had been like, oh, well, you know, I, you, you do a lot on the chest and I know a lot of people avoid the chest area because, you know, it can scar and keloid more and be pronounced. And I'm like, well, I'm wanting to leave a scar. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the point. I love when they raise, yeah. I love that texture. Uh, 
Yeah, that's what I want. You know? I just, I, you know, I've done enough where I can kind of control I can avoid, it. I, yeah, yeah, I can avoid yeah. some of the things that, like, maybe someone who's newer. That's the other thing I worry yeah. about. Is like, you know, however many you've done, however many I've done, we have all that experience that comes from those pieces. Yeah. And if someone's getting into it now, they're going to have to relearn a lot of that stuff unless they've been fortunate enough to have all kinds of access. You know. Yeah. And um, it, it's just like, well, you know, you have to relearn the, those things, I, I, I guess, but. Uh, if somebody comes to me and they say, oh, I want this, I want that, I'll be like, well, look, these are the things that I can do to try to get you as close to that as possible, but still, no matter what I do and no matter what you do, your body's in charge, and yeah. it's gonna heal how it wants to heal. Because people might see an image and they're inspired by how it looks on that person, but you could do the same design on that person on another person How and many have a completely different result. Have you had a, a, a light-skinned person say, well, oh, I, I want it to heal like African scarification. And it's yeah, like, yeah. well, I, I hate to break it to you, but, but like, that's not gonna, that's not your skin. It's probably not that's gonna not, happen. Yeah, yeah, that's not, you know, uh, so it's, it's Having realistic expectations going in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, you know, like I, I'm, I'm inspired by what you do. I, I, I'm very jealous of your abilities that I, that I don't have, you know, the artistry and all that stuff. Um, I would I would lean really a lot on my tattooers and a lot of you know I don't have any tattooing in my studio now so those people that I had worked with for like some of the some of my my air quotes best scarification was designed by the tattooers that I worked with yeah they've moved on for whatever reason and like now I have no tattooers and then I'm just kind of like I feel like I'm sitting in a corner like seeing all my flaws now as a practitioner being like man even when I get some of these inquiries I can't I can't make the design for a person, so how am I? But maybe that's now? the next step to like revitalize that and like get your spark back. You yeah. know, it's like to find an image and maybe alter it to kind of make it. Because I got own. too reliant on other people too. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. You know, to where maybe that's like what you need to get you excited about it again is to yeah. have to put that put that work in. When when just it was a it was a small thing last night when you were drawing, drafting, composing on the on the body. Um, I was trying to show some examples and I was going through an archive and some of those folders I hadn't even opened in years and I was looking back at pieces that I had done years and years ago and I was actually just getting really sad looking at it and remembering the person, remembering the day I spent with them and remembering how much I had to push myself and care for them to get the thing done and I was looking at these pieces and being like, it's been so long since I've done something that I've been this you know, connected to, and I just, I felt this sadness with it, you know? In the class. God, in there the were class. so many emotions last night. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like, but, and that's where growth comes from, that that discomfort where you're like, how can I change this? How can I, what is the next step? Yeah. I think that's, and that's what I was saying, I think with the composition, like a lot of times it's shapes, you know, where I'm, I'll sketch a shape and then kind of go back and do that and, uh, you know, maybe, make it a little bit more definitive, you know, like maybe sketch in orange and then go back with red. Not much different than what tattooers will do. And then a lot of times if even something's not really coming together in that moment, you know, I'll take plastic wrap, put it over the body, um, and then trace it with a Sharpie so I have that shape and the size for what I want where it feels right on their body and then do sketches and refine it from there. Mm. So it's something, you know, and then even if you're not comfortable drawing on the body and doing it, you could always make a stencil from that. And, you know, it's like I used to, baby I used steps. to be able to draw on the body. You know, yeah. that, that was a skill that I've, that I've lost. Yeah. yeah. I think it is that thing of, uh, of just t testing it. I, I feel like there were a couple of those pieces where I'd always, like, draw on people for the concept, um, 
and it kind of had my voice. But yeah, those first couple people, the first thing that I really just drew on and did, I think was like the, it was like a honeycomb pattern on Auberlin. And, you know, we had like done a consultation. I kind of drew on her and then I did this stencil and it was all precise and she came to get it um, when she was still living in Salt Lake. Um, and I was going to do that. And she was like, well, can you just draw it on? I really want it to have soul. And, her, and I was like, well, it's not going to be perfect. And she was like, yeah, but I, I don't want like that. And I was like, okay. And I did that. And then after that, I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to do this. Like this is, it was so fun. Kind of that same way where it was the spark and like. Yeah. Um, Connection. Yeah. And also happened to refine it and happened to be more present in it, mm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know how to find that missing piece, but I know that now I'm looking for it. Yeah. I might not have been looking for it. I might not have even knew that the piece was missing, but now I'm I'm almost painfully aware that that piece is missing for me. Yeah. I need to I need to find it again. I need to find yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know how you have any time. You're so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I know just owning a studio and like piercing and then doing scars on the side. Uh I can't even imagine uh I mean, that's the, it's very similar to like piercer burnout, you know? I mean, essentially is what you're saying, where you're just doing stuff, but you, yeah. The pandemic, I mean, obviously there were the, the worst parts of the pandemic, but, you know, some, some, some benefits to my bottom line, you know, yeah. the appointment only and very, very efficiently stacked booked days, all that is great, but yeah. it really does kind of bring a certain kind of like pressure pressure but also cold-minded like you know it's almost like a formula like this many hours with this much staff can potentially equal this much income and then it turns into those like well I have this Sunday free and I can either fill it with a scarification piece that will take the entire day and will most likely bring in less money than if I stacked children's earlobes for the day or you know specialty genital services for the day or or something like that so it turns into this thing where it's like is that really what I, is that really, should that be my driver? Instead of just like, you know, oh, I got to figure out how I'm going to do this crazy, insane piece. And I'm going to, oh, it's going to look killer. But maybe like, that's what you need for like, to get your spark back is to like focus on that because you have a staff, you know, I like, I'm definitely not concerned about money, uh, which was never like my motivation for, you know, I'm kind of, the anti-capitalist, which I have that conversation with friends and like, well, you're a capitalist, you open a business, but really, you know, I'd ran so many busy studios through the years and piercing and sometimes being the head piercer and the manager and, um, you know, where it felt like you were making a friend, you weren't just making a buck. And it, it, with opening wholehearted, I mean, really it was that where I'm like, I just want to create a space where I can do what I want to do the way I want to do it. I'm like, I don't really want to build an empire. Like now I'm three years in and it is like, I don't have a sign. I don't answer the phone. I stay fully booked. And you know, and people are like, oh, well you, you need to grow. But I don't know if I even want to get busier. Like I want to keep it small and intimate and not, and I think that's the thing. Sometimes people have that intention and they lose with the side of like, well, I could do more. Yeah. You know, I'm at a point now I'll be 45 next month. I've had the business. It'll be three years next month. I have like zero personal debt. The business has no debt. I'm just living. And that's kind of what I want to do, you know? And, and uh, so I guess it depends on your goals. You know, sometimes mm. people are building something for the future. Like if they have kids or a family, they're more focused on that. But uh, I feel like I've never been a planner as far as long-term. 
So maybe it would be like, you know, since you have a staff, like cutting back on what you're taking on on your plate yourself and being able to do some things for you. Yeah. And not even like doing a scar piece to find that spark, but yeah, just making more time for yourself and not recording podcasts or doing well, a, a webinar. This is the only one you know? that I'm squeezing into this. No, yeah, this, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, yeah and I, I, yeah, because, uh, yeah, it, it's good to sometimes, I think, uh, especially our culture, you know, uh, Americans, we're, uh, we're super busy, and if sometimes if we're not doing something, we feel guilty because mm-hmm. we could be being productive. But uh, man, you know that's been one of the biggest lessons over the last couple of years with the studio owning the studio is like letting go. Um, which you know I always had it a little bit with like management, uh, but sometimes it would stress me out uh, with management where I was running studios for that other people owned. Um, but anytime that you're really trying to control everything, like all it does is create suffering for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that lesson of like something comes up and then it's something else and just being like, well, that's, I've got to deal with it, you know, and not allowing yourself to get like super worked up over it. Uh, that's been a big lesson over the last three years for sure is like letting go. And that's, that's what I was saying. Like, uh, even the scar stuff, I mean, it's really not about money and I'm not trying to like sound like whatever, but I'm doing it for myself. And, you know, it is something with piercing. I've been doing it for so long. And even there's a lot of people now that are like, I never realized that you did scarification. And when I ran these busy studios and I was managing, I would do it after hours or I'd only be able to do because I was so exhausted from doing everything for everybody else. So um, even when I opened the studio, a lot of folks were like, whoa, you're going to put scarification on the card? And I'm like, yeah, I really want to explore this more. Like I know that I have potential and really in the last couple of years, the work that I'm doing has really grown considerably just in that time because I've created an environment um, and, and made time for it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and I want to continue to do that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, it's a big lesson is uh, those boundaries. It's been uh, as a business owner, as a piercer and as a scarification artist as well, as a human. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Well, being a human has not been a strength of mine. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. yeah I, uh, I've, I've learned so much about myself in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I mean, tying into this trip, uh, it's really been, uh, a pretty great week here. I, I was always drawn to come to this, uh, to this event. Um, but man, it is completely different. Even like getting off the off the train and not knowing where I was going, and then I met you know this group of Italians that like I didn't have Wi-Fi, I didn't have anything. Like they gave me a Wi-Fi hotspot. They were going to their hotel, but then they're like, "Oh no, we'll take you there." And you know, we came and got. It was just like it's amazing how many people like you make eye contact with, and they're so open and and. Uh, yeah, I hope more people have an opportunity to come over here and, and have the experience. I so, knew you'd like it. Yeah, it's it's really been uh, an inspiration, really. Yeah. It's the people. Uh, it Everyone's so excited. It, it makes me think about, like, how uh, Mexico was, like, even the 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 little visit I had in, uh, at LBP uh, the first year in 2013, and there's so much excitement, and, and people are so excited to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I mean not uh, saying anything bad about APP, but it is it, because it's on a larger scale and uh, 
so it's yeah, it's a machine. It's, nice. it's yeah. A, it has is a to machine be with and where this it's is, at. The, yeah, this is a. It's so a loose. Different I mean, yeah, we were setting up for our four o'clock class at like four twenty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, yeah. Uh, so it was it was nice. Yeah, it was it was a great experience and that same thing. Yeah, like letting go. So. Well, uh, <laughs> I want to thank you for giving BMX a chance. Well, thank you for and, the invite. I mean, seriously, like it meant a lot and. Uh, yeah, I know this is, there's going to be growth from it because it was such a scary thing. I mean, you and Ron both were like, yeah, you should teach. And, and I was like, man, I don't think I want to, it was intimidating, like the imposter thing and, and, uh, and just what do I have to add to the conversation? I don't feel, I mean, it's hard. People will tell you good things. And I always say, you know, with piercing or anything, you know, once you start believing it, then you're lost. And I really don't feel like, I mean, you said so many nice things, like your introduction to the class and everything that you've said today. It, it's, it makes me feel really nice that you feel that way. And uh, it's, it's, it's a great compliment. But yeah, I still feel like I have a lot to learn to where I'm like, we should how always do I, feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what do, can I add to this? And, and how, uh, to articulate and and to to be able to pass that on, mm-hmm. it's a it's a different thing. So yeah, I mean, it, I really I feel honored that you you asked me to come. And well, it, it wasn't just you know it's not like it's my event or anything like that. No, but, but you know I, I I think that when you get to a point where you have the level of access that I do, like yeah. it's it's greedy to keep it all for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows when it will come? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so thanks. So you're off to Italy now. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally, like now. Basically. Yeah. 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 With Corinne. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Eugenia. That yeah. should be amazing. Oh yeah. I, I I haven't met her in person, and uh, I'm a fan of of her scar work. And uh, that's another thing about BMX is there there I've been coming here for long enough where people who are like some of the best of the best right now I met them before they had even started. You know, yeah. and then watching their their growth up until now, it's just like mind-blowing yeah and well you know and that's the thing like even being in a room in front of like so many people that you held in high regard and man i'm so excited that eugenia is even coming down um you know because she was like ah you're coming to bmx but she had already like committed to work in copenhagen so she wasn't going to be here and wasn't going to attend and then she bought a ticket and is coming to balzano to hang out with me and uh, Corinne, and then and then we're gonna uh, drive down to the event in Pescara. So, um, yeah, it, it's gonna be an adventure, and yeah, it, it. Like I said, people are so welcoming and so open, and even so many people are like, "Well, if you come back, you can come and work at my shop or stay with me wherever." So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it, it's a, an amazing uh, network. Cool. For sure. Well, I'm glad you're oh here. <laughs> I talk in circles. No, no, no. It, it's, people it's... knew that from the last one. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, if people uh, are inspired um, by your your talk of scarification, tough shit. No, <laughs> but no. How how would people get in touch with you? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, God, probably through email would be the best for that sort of stuff. Because um, DMs on social me- media are always kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Or uh, yeah making a trip i mean uh, so many people now have been making a trip and that's such a a huge honor when people are like coming you know uh at long distances so yeah probably email um i think the best for scar stuff would be maybe wholeheartedpiercing at gmail uh dot com and then 
uh, like I said, most of my work is at Maker of the Whole. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of, in the beginning, I was doing more of it on the the peers on the shop Instagram, but now I've kind of tried to divide that a little bit. So cool. Well, thanks for your time, awesome. and um, you. you know, just thank you for for being here. Thank you for asking me. Oh my God, <laughs> it's a love fest here. <laughs>you have to do it. It's just, it's what you were, it's what you're here to do. Scarification is really the same thing for people. It's a very difficult skill to get good at. And you, you don't get good at it because of the money, because there's really not a lot of money in it. It's not something people are doing every day. It's not like tattooing where people have a full-time job doing scarification and that's it. There's no studio in the world that does scarification only. It's always a body piercer or maybe rarely a tattooer doing scarification on the side and it's very much like the definition of passion project. I'm passionate about scarification, which means that I want to do pieces that like inspire me, that challenge me. Like I've had I've had interactions with clients where I connect to them and I remember them 10 years, 15 years, 20 years later. I remember what it felt like like the vibration of their body when I was working on them and all that stuff. You know, I'm not a spiritual person, but like I can't deny that like I've made a, a connection in, in blood to, to someone. And that's kind of gone for me. I, I can't remember the last client where I had that, that feeling and I miss it. So, you know, if you're out there and scarification speaks to you, um, you know, research, get into it. Try to, try to, you know, if you know somebody doing scarification, try to shadow them if you can. Like, I don't want scarification to become an extinct art form. I, I know people will always refine it, rediscover it a thousand years from now, you know, after like the Terminator, Skynet apocalypse or whatever, people will still like relearn scarification because it's just, it's, it's part of who we are really on, on some level. But, you know, for today, I don't want... What, what I've learned to, to vanish, I don't want the, the shared experience of scarification practitioners around the world. I don't want those experiences to be lost and to vanish. So people out there need to put on scarification events. People out there need to mentor people uh, to offer scarification. I know this is a world of legal liabilities and lawsuits and all kinds of other issues. But like if you have the capability to share your information, share your information. If you're doing scarification, document what you're doing. Document your art, document your pieces, take video, record stuff. Like, I guarantee there's going to be a day where you wish you had it. So, you know, document this stuff. And, you know, I, I hope that I, that I refined my inspiration. I hope I do. I don't want to stop doing scarification, but it's just, I can't handle some of these requests anymore. Uh, so thanks for talking to me, Kevin. Your work is amazing. Uh, it, it keeps me inspired. I love uh, you know getting those text messages or, or seeing it pop up on like Instagram of like what you're what you're creating. I, I really do uh, love it. I love seeing what's coming out of Europe. I love seeing what's coming out of South America. Um, and just don't forget that it's about passion and it's about love of the game. You know, so keep doing what makes you happy.
what makes me happy is that I'm going to take a, a break over the holidays. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, enjoy all that new content at patreon.com slash RyanPBA. I've got that new septum video up. I'm finishing up a video about forward nostrils. I recorded uh, an 8-gauge pubic piercing the other day. I got some nice video of that. I'll put out a video on that one. Uh, I've got a lot more stuff coming. I'm going to record some stuff with Lola about anodizing. I'm going to record some stuff about different tips and tricks for jewelry changes. So I have a lot of info coming for you at patreon.com slash RyanPBA. Got those new classes. Uh, Sunday, February 5th uh, online with uh, Lola and myself talking about jewelry sales. And then a live in-person bevel theory seminar and most likely workshop in Dusseldorf, Germany in March of 2023. You can keep up with all that info by going to ryanpba.com or following Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook. Thanks for listening. You know I appreciate it. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. I can edit. I phoned Sherry and she's having some, uh, she needs to be bandaged and she was asking for the two of you, so I thought, fuck. Hello. Hi. Hi.